0: This is the Build Wealth Canada podcast, episode number
1: 82.
0: Welcome to the Build Wealth Canada podcast, where it's all about becoming debt-free, accelerating your wealth, and taking control of your money. Now, here's your host, Cornell Schreiber. Hey, it's Cornell, and welcome to the Build Wealth Canada show. If you're working with a good certified financial planner here in Canada, CFP, there are specific categories that they should be helping you optimize. And according to FP Canada, which is the organization that issues the Certified Financial Planning Designation, the CFP, there are six areas that should be covered as they are critical to your financial health. And one of these is insurance and risk management, which is what we'll cover today. And just for your reference, the other pillars are financial management, investment planning, tax planning, retirement planning, and estate planning and legal aspects. So keep those in mind if you are ever working with someone calling themselves a financial planner as they should touch on each of those pillars. And what I and other experts that I've interviewed found is that often if someone calls themselves a financial planner but only talks to you about one of these pillars and usually it's just the investing piece that they talk about, then there is a good chance that their main goal is to sell you some kind of investments because that's how they make their money. A lot of the time there are commissions involved or they're is evaluated based on how many investments they sell you, as opposed to them being focused on doing a holistic financial plan with you that covers each of those pillars. So today we're going to talk about the insurance and risk management pillar to help you optimize that. And my returning guest today is insurance expert, Laura McKay. Laura used to work as an actuary and is now the co-founder of PolicyMe. And one of the things that I really like about PolicyMe is that they have an incredibly useful tool on their site to help you determine how much, if any, life insurance you actually need. And what I found really sets it apart from the other online calculators that I've seen is that it will actually honestly tell you if you do not need life insurance. And this is huge, as many of the other tools that I've used online will almost always tell you that, yes yes, you do need life insurance because they're trying to make money off you by selling you a policy. And hopefully, you know, the biggest policy they can because that's how they make more money. So the calculations and a lot of these other calculators that I've seen are basically designed around that, making sort of everybody... Think that they need a big policy and that they definitely do need life insurance no matter what. But on the flip side, when I used the policy me tool myself recently, it actually told me that I do not need life insurance, which is huge, as they could have easily just modified the tool to make it look like I always need insurance. And what was really neat is that the tool was very transparent and about everything. So in my case it actually told me why I do not need it. And if I did need it, I'm sure it would actually tell me why as well. So, you know, my hat goes off to policy me for actually building a really useful tool that isn't built just to sell me as big of a life insurance policy as possible. So definitely check it out. You can use it for free. I made a quick, easy to remember link that will take you there. And that link is buildwealthcanada.ca slash policy me, all one word. So just buildwealthcanada.ca slash policy me. And when you get there, click on the get started blue button. And after you answer a few questions, the tool will let you adjust how much coverage you want. But underneath that, you'll see a section called Unsure how much coverage you need question mark click on the link there and that will let you take the quiz to help you determine whether you and your family actually need life insurance so again in case you missed it the link is billofcanadaca slash policy me and that's not an affiliate link or anything like that and as a side note when i was researching them what's really impressive is that they actually got a score of 4.83 out of 5 based on 523 reviews on reviews.io so 97 percent of the reviewers actually recommend them so you know really impressive for sure and again my hat goes off to them for what they've built and now let's get into the interview with Laura where we can cover some of the best practices when it comes to insurance and risk management all right Laura welcome to the show
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited for
0: today. It's really nice to uh, to have you back. The last episode did, did really well. A lot of people were really interested and you shared a lot of knowledge and research uh, that you that you guys have done uh, at your company with your team. So so it's, it's great to have you back and, and learn even more, especially now we're in these obviously very different times with, with COVID yeah. and things are changing. And I know you guys have changed a lot too. Um, So, uh, yeah, so I think it's really great to do to do an update as people get their finances in order. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, as the new year kicks off, and we look for ways to optimize our finances, one important area when it comes to our financial health is insurance coverage and risk management. And a big piece of this has to do with life insurance. Now, in case somebody is on the fence, or not really motivated to look into life insurance, can you tell us why this is something that should be on the radar? And what are the consequences of not having having this type of insurance when we need it?
1: Yeah. So life insurance, I want to start by saying that life insurance isn't for everyone. I think people get tired by that kind of notion or that sense that they're just being sold something that they may not need because everyone just is told they need life insurance. It's definitely not something that every Canadian needs. The people who um, are, are, most susceptible to kind of the trade-offs of not having life insurance if they were to pass away are people who have loved ones who depend on them financially. So when we're thinking about common kind of personas that that would fit under. It's anyone who has a partner and maybe just recently bought a house. So has a large kind of mortgage that their partner may not be able to afford if their income were no longer there to support them. Or another really common kind of group of people that really we focus on as a company is parents. So typically you have young kids at as they grow up, they become more financially independent, but there's certainly a number of years there, probably somewhere between kind of 18 and 25, where those children are still financially dependent on you. They rely on your income to meet their kind of needs. And for those people, life insurance is definitely critical. And um, this is where kind of the trade-offs lie, if you were to pass away and your family is dependent on your income, but that income is no longer there to support them, they may need to make some drastic changes that you may not want for them. Things like having to sell the house, move out of a city, you know, really scale back on their lifestyle. Uh, Those are things that we don't like to see and life insurance is pretty affordable to protect against those risks. Mm -hmm.
0: So it sounds like this is especially critical for someone where maybe just one of the adults is working and the other one maybe is a stay-at-home mom or stay-at-home dad. I mean, for that, it sounds like it's pretty much a no-brainer just because you are fully reliant on that one income. And if that was to go away, you'd obviously be in a lot of trouble. But from your research, I mean, you you talked to so many Canadians about this. For people that are a dual income family, do you find as well that the majority of families if one of them was to pass away, obviously they'd have to spend less because you know one income is gone. But do you find that the reality of how much things cost in Canada, we're hearing about inflation a lot as well and how it's gone up so drastically. Do you find that a lot of families would also struggle very significantly, even if they are dual income and one of those incomes were to go away?
1: Yeah, it's very few families that really could survive on a single income, but still have two incomes. Um, Typically when people kind of, plan their life, um, kind of set their lifestyle by their, their house. They're really doing that with both incomes in mind. Um, and so it would be really, really difficult to maintain that lifestyle to still pay for those mortgage payments. If one of those incomes were gone. So we find that most Canadians who are in du- dual income families still have a period of their life where they would, would really benefit from life insurance.
0: That's such a great example you gave with the house thing, for example, where because uh, I've I've never heard of a family where they're dual income and they go to get a mortgage, and you're like, oh, hold on, let's just assume we only have one income, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I've never heard that happen ever, no, no, <laughs> right? It's more no. like, all right, what do you make? What does you know? What yeah. does your partner make? And then we use that to figure out how much of a mortgage you can get, and then you sort of decide, okay, how can, you know, how do we, how much do we get, so that we're not destroying our cash flow every month because we've got too big of a mortgage. But yeah, but mm-hmm. it's it's. I've never heard talk to anyone that said, oh yeah, we bought our house assuming that one of us was going to get laid off one day, and now we want to be relying on just one. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, hence the need for for insurance in that scenario. Yeah. Um. Can you tell us more about what the role of life insurance is when it comes to financial planning? I actually looked up the so if if you're a CFP certified financial planner you know they have their site and they have kind of like their pillars of financial planning uh, here in Canada and, and one of those pillars is insurance and you know risk management so it's very much a recognized significant component uh, you know like we talk about investments a lot on the show and optimizing mm-hmm. that and uh, you know paying less in taxes but in, you know and those are pillars too but insurance is an absolutely critical one as you know um, endorsed by the actual you know uh, CFP right so uh, can you talk about its role when it comes to financial planning
1: yeah so when it comes to life insurance uh this should be used as an income replacement tool in your financial plan uh there are some talk of using life insurance policies for savings vehicles and we'll get into that later i'm sure but largely when we're talking about life insurance, you're talking about that risk protection income replacement tool for the scenario that if you were to pass away, your financial, your loved ones would, would not have kind of the financial means to make their kind of monthly expenses. Uh, So strictly that is kind of the piece of the puzzle that that's where life insurance fits within Mm -hmm. a financial plan.
0: So, so is the right way to approach it? Not so much the way we look at investments where, okay, we're trying to maximize our our wealth, trying to maximize our net worth, trying to retire. It's more so, okay, how do we do all of those things, but then also not have these catastrophic thing. If something catastrophic happens in the meantime, it's not also catastrophic completely from a financial side, um, like if someone wants to pass away. So it, I guess it's kind of a bit of a different approach or mindset than when we think about investments and how to optimize that, right?
1: Exactly, it's it's exactly what you were saying. It's protecting against that kind of catastrophic risk that no one wants to think about, but still mm-hmm. happens. Uh, and so, and that's how life insurance works, right? It diversifies for a lot of people. They'll never have to use the life insurance policy, but there is a subset that need it, mm-hmm. and that's how you make life insurance more affordable because you're kind of diversifying mm-hmm. diversifying that risk a- across a big population. Uh, but yeah, that's that's. Tend, that's how I think of life insurance within a financial plan.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah, we talked a lot on the show about how to minimize your MERs and your investments and things like that, and how to shave off a little bit, you know, to pay less in taxes, that kind of thing. But it's almost like all that doesn't the amount you save on that may not even be as important if one of you, your partner passed away, you can't live off one income, you can't pay the mortgage anymore. You know, even if you saved a few thousand yeah. dollars every year on because you know you lower your fees. That seems almost like a really small thing relative to, well, we just, our entire income or half of our income just is gone and we've got exactly. no way to actually replace it. So that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I suspect that one of the reasons that looking at the life insurance isn't often near the top of Canadian's to-do lists is that it's perceived as an expense. And as an additional, you know, cash flow drain month to month. Can you give us a ballpark range of what life insurance can typically cost us in Canada, and what things can we do that we actually have control over to get the absolutely lowest rate for the ca- uh, for the coverage that we actually need?
1: Yeah, so that's a, a really good question. I agree. Uh, most Canadians think that life insurance is much more expensive than it actually is. I actually pulled up some rates ahead of our call. When it comes to life insurance, there's kind of Four or five factors that really have the biggest impact on your price. The first is kind of the coverage amount. So, how much of a payout do you want if you pass away? The second is the term length. So, for life insurance, this is how long you want the policy to cover you for. For most Canadians, our most common kind of policy setup is 500000 for 20 years. So I'll stick with that for these examples. But that is on average kind of where most Canadians are buying their life insurance policy um, at. And then there's two other factors that have a really big impact. The first is your age. Uh, and the second is your smoking status. So both of those things are highly correlated with mortality and mortality is what insurance companies use to price your policy. So if you're older and you're a smoker, unfortunately, your likelihood of needing to use this policy is a lot higher than someone who's, you know, in their twenties and, and, and doesn't smoke. So I'll, I'll pull a couple comparisons based on whether you're kind of like a 30 year old or a 40 year old versus a smoker or a non-smoker the easiest place to start is kind of a 30 year old non-smoker at that at that kind of setup uh you're looking at 30 dollars a month if you're 40 it goes up a little bit to about 40 to 45 dollars a month uh so really low price point compared to kind of other things that we're buying these days, especially with inflation. Um, and then for smoking rates, it is a bit more expensive. And this is where it gets a lot more expensive as you age. So if you're a smoker, there's huge benefits to getting it while you're young. So at 30 years old, you're looking at like $55 a month for that much insurance at 40, you're looking more like $110 a month. So it's almost doubling in 10 years. So, um, for at every age, there's, there's definitely a benefit to getting life insurance while you're younger, but specifically for smokers, that's where you see a pretty aggressive jump every year.
0: And now a quick break to tell you about some of the resources you may find helpful on our Build Wealth Canada site. All right, just a quick FYI that I'll be releasing some new free guides and resources in the near future on how to optimize your investments, your financial planning, as well as some optimization strategies on how we can all pay as little tax as possible here in Canada. So if you haven't already, I encourage you to go to this podcast's webpage, which is buildwealthcanada.ca, sign up anywhere on their front page, and you'll get exclusive access to all the upcoming guides for free as they get released. And upon signing up, you'll also get my guide on the top personal finance and investing tools that I use, and you'll be able to submit any topics or questions that you'd like covered in future episodes of the show. Again, to get that for free, just sign up anywhere over at buildwealthcanada.ca and enjoy the free content. And if you have any investing questions that you'd like answered one-on-one, I answer all questions from students of the investing course, where you learn everything you need to know to be a do-it-yourself passive index investor and pay the absolute lowest fees on your investments and it actually shows you how to completely bypass the fees that robo advisors charge which can easily cost you tens of thousands of dollars over your investment lifetime in the course you see videos of me actually investing my own money so you can see how to do everything in real life step by step and i'm just an email away if you have any questions these lessons helped us retire in our early 30s and we still use them to this day and you can learn more about the course and try a Free over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. Also, lastly, since real estate season will soon be kicking off here in Canada, I thought I'd let you know about our free resident mortgage expert that we have available for listeners of the show who can answer your mortgage questions. Sean is the best-selling author of the book, Burn Your Mortgage. He's been on CTV, Global News, CBC, The Globe and Mail, and many others. He's a licensed mortgage broker, so I definitely also encourage you to reach out to him if you're looking to get a new mortgage or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal. As At the very least, he'll be able to provide you with a short list of the best mortgages that he's been able to find across all of Canada with the lowest rates, and none of this costs you anything. And there's no obligation to get your mortgage through him or use any of those suggested mortgages. At the very least, you'll get some good education on the top mortgages available in Canada. You'll learn what to look for when choosing your next mortgage, and you can always decide later whether you'd like him to help you with the process or if you want to do it all yourself. It doesn't cost you anything, regardless. So I made a special page for Build With Canada listeners where you can sign up to chat with him for free and to help you out further. When you do that, you'll also be emailed the mortgage checklist, which is a guide on the top things to look for and consider when choosing a mortgage. So the page to speak with Sean and get your mortgage questions answered for free is buildwealthcanada.ca Sean. That's buildwealthcanada.ca S-E-A-N. All right. I hope you found that helpful. And now back to the show. So we're recording this in January. A lot of people maybe have New Year's resolutions and such. So one common one, I think, is people want to get their finances in order. So that's why I thought insurance would be a good topic because it's one of those things, I think, that we're like, oh, we'll get to it, we'll get to it, we'll get to it. But then, as especially with COVID now and all that, it's kind of shown that, okay, this really isn't something you should keep pushing to the bottom yeah, of your to-do list. Uh, it, clearly these things, you know, things can happen. Uh, and you mentioned the smoking thing. So I guess that's another one where if, you are, <laughs> if you are smoking, add that still, add that one to the list. Yeah. And that will that will lower your rate quite drastically yeah. as well. <laughs> Um, that's good to know. Yeah. So, so you, like you said, if you're not a smoker, it can be somewhere like in the thirties, forties, that kind of thing, depending on some of those variables. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if
1: uh, one thing to notice, if you are a smoker, you're not like locked into this for life. If you ever stop smoking, as long as it's for a 12 month period, you'll actually be able to qualify for the non-smoking, right? So they're really looking only at your kind of tobacco usage in the last 12 months.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And is there any innovation around insurance happening in Canada that we should be aware of, especially when it comes to making insurance more affordable?
1: Yeah, so this is something that we're working on, actually. uh, um, Something that we are very focused on. We know that life insurance is something that is not, you know, like always a priority for Canadians. And we want to. we're really focused on making it as affordable as possible. Uh, so we have been doing a lot recently to really think about this product in, in kind of the life of parents. So our target demographic is parents. When we, research this demographic, we think about their needs. Um, We've added a few features to our policies that can help make this product more affordable for them. So the first is a discount for anyone who buys life insurance with their partner. Uh, So we're offering a 5% discount on your premiums, on your monthly premiums or annual premiums. It doesn't matter if you purchase life insurance with your your partner. Uh, So that's a huge amount of savings uh, for Canadians specifically because we're already kind of the lowest price in the market by about 10%. So we're just bringing it down more for anyone who wants to apply uh, as a joint couple. Uh, And then the second is we've recently introduced uh, free child coverage. So This means that if anyone has children between the age of six months and 18 years old, we've included their children on their policies for free for $10,000 of coverage. Um, Child riders are things that are very commonly added to people's policies at a huge cost. So this can be up to like $5 per child. So if you have two or three children that could add to your premiums by quite a bit, we've um, decided to kind of include that as a free Benefit on all of our policies. Stay tuned. We're we're constantly thinking of new ways to keep um, passing any savings we can think of back to our customers.
0: Gotcha. So, because I guess ideally you would want yourself and your partner insured, assuming, well, I I imagine most people listening to this are kind of dual income situation. So, having that, and so you're kind of getting that bulk, I guess, discount, so to speak, because you're insuring more than one person. And then the kids are essentially added for for free. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah. Awesome.
1: Often what we found when we were doing early research is people were coming to us asking for like the family plan. And we're like, well, we don't really have a family plan right now, but that's why we decided to kind of move in that direction and build something that feels a little more encompassing and and, and gives you the peace of mind that, okay, like everyone, everyone has it. I, I can feel good. There's not like, I have it. Does my spouse need it? Do they apply with me or is it separate? Do we go with the same insurance company? It kind of relieves some of those um, kind of questions and just makes it really easy to apply together in one shot.
0: For sure. That's great. Yeah, no one wants to go through the process <laughs> like yeah. you know three, to four times once for each family member. That makes sense. Um, so I've definitely heard of Canadians getting some really slick and persuasive sales pitches to use permanent life insurance as an investment vehicle in addition to the life insurance coverage that it provides. And often large tax savings are mentioned as one of those you know key benefits that I hear in a lot of these sort of sales pitches. Can you talk about the pros and cons of using a less expensive? term life insurance policy like what you were just talking about uh, to just cover our life insurance needs versus using permanent life insurance like whole life or universal life to receive both that life insurance uh, portion as well as an additional sort of investment vehicle Um, and if you could also just define sort of you know term versus whole life versus universal life insurance just for anybody that's not familiar with those uh, with those three different terms so we can sort of learn that way as well.
1: Yeah, of course. Yeah. So as you pointed out, there's kind of two main categories of life insurance. There's term life insurance and perm life insurance. Permanent life insurance. Term life insurance pays out benefit to your beneficiaries or your loved ones only if you die within a specific period of time. And that usually is kind of either 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, but it's in that increment. The max I've seen is kind of 35 years that you can buy term life insurance for. Then there's permanent life insurance. This means that no matter when you pass away, it doesn't mean if it's in the next 10 years or in 50 years when you're 85, um, you'll get that coverage. So your beneficiaries will be paid out no matter when you pass away. Uh, It usually has an investment component built into it, uh, typically because life insurance is so expensive for permanent insurance that if you cancel early, you could lose quite a bit of money. They actually allow you to take out some of that as a part of kind of an investment component, if you decide to surrender the policy early. Uh, the two main categories of permanent life insurance is whole life insurance and universal life insurance. Whole life insurance is pretty plain vanilla policy, whereas universal life insurance allows you more flexibility in kind of what funds you want to choose to to invest that investment component in, it requires a lot more maintenance, something you should be checking on kind of every year or so versus whole life, more of like a set it, forget it, um, the insurance company will take care of it for you. Generally, we really believe in term life insurance for, I would say, kind of 98, 99% of Canadians. Um, term life insurance. Pre- Provides the protection you need in the years that you need it most. So, when your mortgage is at its highest, when your kids are most financially dependent on you, there comes a time in most people's lives where they reach some age and they decide that whether it's their savings or a pension, they have enough income saved up that they can retire. They no longer need like an active income coming in to pay for their expenses. At that point, there's not really like an income replacement need in that person's life, right? They have already enough savings or a pension that can support them if they if, support them and their partner if they pass away. Uh, and therefore, there's if they were to pass away their partner would still be fine the savings would still exist there's probably some spousal benefit on their pension that would still support their partner so there's no need to pay the excessive amount of, of costs and, and premiums during those years um, for life insurance because anything left over in those savings is just going to be inherited by your your dependents anyway um so that's one. It, it it really makes sense because it just it, it offers kind of the protection just in the years that you need it most. And then you don't have to pay for it once kind of those years have passed and you're you're feeling more financially stable. Um so that alludes to kind of one of the biggest reasons we encourage term, it's price. So it it can be like 10 times cheaper um, to get term life insurance than permanent life insurance. So if you're looking at $30 a month for term, you'd be looking at kind of $230, $250, maybe up to $300 a month for the same coverage for a permanent policy. And that kind of expense just doesn't fit in the financial plan of most 30-year-olds. They have way bigger priorities like childcare and paying their mortgage and saving up for retirement and like spending that sum of money on life insurance. those those years just doesn't make sense. Um, the other nice thing about term life insurance is it offers a lot more flexibility than permanent life insurance. It can be canceled at any time. There's no cancellation fees. You lose nothing with permanent life insurance big administration fees that you would lose if you surrender the policy early. Um, A lot of people who surrender in the first three to five years would get like nothing back. So uh, even though it's kind of coined as an investment component, having an investment component, that would be really, really low in the first few years of your policy. So imagine kind of paying $230 a month for three to five years And then having some financial situation come up that says, like, I can't afford this policy anymore and not getting anything back from it. When you could have just spent $30 a month on the term product. Um, So the flexibility that term policies allow is is. Is awesome, and then generally that investment component is just not as competitive as as what you could get if you just kind of invested in your RRSP or TFSA. So again, we uh, we generally just don't recommend it for for especially people who are young. There is some kind of tax savings benefits, all your other kind of. Uh, tax shelter kind of vehicles that you you've invested in over your lifetime, but it's it's a pretty complicated situation. It really only applies to like the one percent, and even then, I question it sometimes because you're paying so much. In commissions to a life insurance advisor that maybe that could be like equivalent to what you just have to pay in taxes. (laughs) If you were to use a permit and if you were not to use a permanent vehicle to transfer wealth, but there are certain scenarios where certainly it it can be used as a wealth transfer in the, in the later years, but it's, it's not our target audience. So Mm -hmm. it's not what we recommend to, to our, um, our demographic.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you said what the it might be suitable for like the or targeted for the one percent, are you talking with the top one percent in terms of like net worth? So it's more for kind of the really wealthy people?
1: Yeah. It's it's typically people who have properties and like secondary properties or who have a significant amount of net worth um that it can be used as kind of an efficient way to transfer mm-hmm. wealth uh if you were to pass away.
0: Okay. Okay. So it's it's kind of like an estate planning sort of exactly. tactic for the high net worth individuals. Mm-hmm. And and what would you how would you define a high net worth individual? What's what's high these days?
1: Oof, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, I... Um, yeah, it, it probably depends on the scenario and like kind of what the assets look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say definitely probably like in a million dollars plus net worth.
0: Um, okay. Minimum. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Sounds good. Um, yeah. Cause people have different definitions of, yeah. <laughs> of, of yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's a subject that, cause we have a lot of investors, uh, DIY investors that listen to the show. And I mean, yeah, that's always one thing that's. I'm hearing pitched about whole life, or universal life, about how you mm-hmm. get these sort of tax savings and, and how that's such, such a you know, great thing. But then I'm thinking, well, hold on. I don't because it's, it's all opportunity cost, and you only have so much money you can invest. Exactly. So it's like, all right. So if I'm paying more for the policy now because I chose to get, let's say, universal life or whole life, then that's money I'm not putting into like. You know, total market ETFs in my RSP, TFSA, taxable account. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what am I getting in in return for that? Because I know those other methods are very inexpensive, very efficient. You know, very good history of growth. And so, okay, I'm giving that up. What am I getting back? Um, and and I've never really heard a compelling enough case to sort of you know what I mean? Like you're giving it to an insurance company you're going to get, you're definitely going to be paying more in terms of fees than like, what well, those bare bones oh, yeah. MER costs are on like a total market index fund. So um, yeah, so it's, I always like to ask whenever I have someone on, it's sort of in the insurance field. it's like, what is, <laughs> what is the benefit? Can you sell me on yeah. it? Cause I, cause I haven't heard a good enough sales pitch where wow. I'm like, oh, I'd actually consider this. Cause, cause I mean, anything, even if it's an okay solution, it has to beat the next best, you know, the, the competitor, which is just low cost, you know, ETF index investing exactly. in like tax sheltered accounts. That's pretty hard to beat when you're now dealing with like managed products, right? Because those tend yeah. to have higher fees anyway, right?
1: Yeah. Um, you would definitely want to see those like completely maxed out before you even ever consider saving within a life insurance fee. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, okay. So that would be, maybe at that point, there'd be some merit to it, but even mm-hmm. then it's, it's, it's a lot of fees. So it's, Very interesting. Okay. it's quite a, a, an expensive way to save.
0: So, so, so just so we don't waste people's time, I guess, is it, would it be more fair to say, okay, let's say you've got your RSP maxed out, you're in your spouse's your TFSA's are maxed out. Maybe you've got some money now in taxable accounts because you can't put them into mm-hmm. tax accounts anymore. So you're, you know, if you're at that point, your net probably getting pretty up there. You know, mm-hmm. you're, maybe you're like at a million plus, you know, like investable assets. Would you say maybe at that point you're kind of like, okay, fine. If we really want to look into it, maybe now it's a pro. But even then, it's not a given, um, because again, yeah. of that opportunity cost.
1: And you just want to be sure that you you won't need that money before you pass away. Again, because the flexibility with pulling that out is is very difficult. You don't actually just get to take the money out. You actually take a loan against the life insurance policy. So it, oh, it gets okay. very complicated. You want to trust the person who's giving you advice on, on these products if you are
0: looking into them. Gotcha. So you're saying that, that's a great point. I haven't heard that before. So, so you basically want to make sure you've got a really big surplus in addition to that, because it's like I'm in the ETF world, right? So it's, not Mm -hmm. like you can just an ETF and correct me if I'm wrong. It's not like you can just something happens. You have some medical emergency or or whatever, and you can just pretty much liquidate some of your ETFs on any, you know, Monday to Friday and Mm -hmm. you've got the cash, you know, you might take a few days to transfer to your checking account, but I mean, it's, it's, it's extremely liquid. Uh, And you're you're saying with this, especially early on, you could pretty much lose all of it if you get taken out too early. And even if you have had it for a while, it sounds like it's like it's a whole process and it basically it's nowhere nearly as liquid as doing something like ETFs in a TFSA or a taxable Mm -hmm. account. Is it, am I understanding that correctly? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And there's just a lot of, you got to really read the policy contract to understand all the terms and conditions against kind of taking a loan against it. Um, So it just gets pretty complicated. Uh, It's, it has its uses sometimes, but you want to make sure you are going in with your eyes wide open and understand kind of what would happen in any of
0: those scenarios. Awesome. Awesome. That, that was great. Thanks so much for, for, uh, <laughs> for that yeah, information. Yeah. Cause I'm always looking for, you know, what's, what's the real reason? Uh, Cause you, <laughs> you, you guys don't even sell, uh, I think whole life, right?
1: No, no. So it's, it's good to get, know for someone that's
0: in the insurance field, like this is your specialty, And you can sell the product, so I can actually get like a true, you know, kind of impression of it.
1: (laughs) And our commissions on that would be incredibly high, uh, but we we choose not to sell it because we just don't believe it. We think it's it's oversold to a lot of people who don't Mm -hmm. actually need those policies in Canada.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean the sales pitches that I've seen and heard people talk like they're, they're pretty slick and I guess they're Mm -hmm. it's because they're highly refined because they're so profitable for the Mm -hmm. agent selling it. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. Um, Okay. Awesome. So we'll move on from this one, but yeah, thanks for, for (laughs) telling me about that. Cause that's been, that's been uh, always on my mind whenever I talk to someone in the insurance field. Um, So now, you know, with COVID being the big elephant in the room, I'm sure there's many Canadians are wondering whether COVID has impacted their life insurance in any way. And if they are in the process of getting life insurance, will they still receive the payout if the insured person and their family passes away due to COVID? So how can we best ensure that we are covered if we get life insurance now? And for those that already have life insurance, what's the best way to check that we're still covered? Yeah,
1: So life insurance policies have very little fine print on them, even though the policy contracts can be very long. Uh, But with almost every policy I've seen, I'm obviously not going to say for every single policy, but any policy I've seen at least... The life insurance payout covers all causes of death. Uh, So the only exception, and this is just across the industry on every policy, is suicide within the first two years of the policy. But other than that, whether it's health-related, accident-related, as long as you're getting kind of fully underwritten term or permanent life insurance, Any cause of death is is covered, Uh, so you don't have to worry about COVID. Uh, No insurance company has added an exclusion about kind of even for new policies about COVID being uh, or kind of complications as a result of COVID being excluded from the policy. So you can rest assured that your existing policy as well as any future policies are going to cover a death related to COVID. Uh, And so it's, it's definitely something that you don't have to worry about. (laughs) It's, it's been covered. They've paid out claims due to this. Uh, it's it's not something that they've, they've decided to exclude from their policies or anything.
0: Gotcha. I suppose as a best practice, it's still good to ask when you're getting a yeah. policy or if you already have one to say, hey, just to confirm, you know, getting kind of an email, getting it in writing, we are covered in case something happens due to COVID, that kind of a thing. But you're saying we should do, I guess we can do that, but it's not like insurance companies... Have many have decided, you know what, this is too risky for us. We're just going to have a clause because that, that's my main fear, right? Is yeah. okay. What if there's some clause on page 37 in like lettered <laughs> four font that says, you know, anything COVID is excluded, kind of thing, right? That's all yeah. I for me. Maybe I'm just paranoid, but that's the one no, thing that I know.
1: That's <laughs> definitely the reputation that <laughs> kind of the insurance industry has. But no, it's uh, not something that I have seen any insurance company in Canada exclude from their policies.
0: Okay. And you mentioned a two-year time frame. What was that about?
1: Oh, sorry. So um, the only exception, the only cause of death that isn't excluded is suicide within the first two years. So that is just kind of an anti-selection risk that the insurance companies remove. Um, It's across the industry. It's in every policy I've seen, even in the U S and other countries, it's it's a pretty standard exclusion.
0: Okay. Okay. Just so mm-hmm. that, yeah, someone doesn't take out a policy right before they do that. And then mm-hmm. like, Oh, all right, we have, we're in financial trouble. So I'm just going to do that to myself mm-hmm. and then so my mm-hmm. family gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Just want to, that sounds good. Um, now for anybody listening that does not currently have life insurance, how can we best determine if we actually need it for a particular situation? You covered this a bit with the whole family piece, but did you want to, is there anything else you wanted to add to that one?
1: Yeah, so I mean, the best way is kind of to ask yourself, if I were to pass away, would there be anyone who would have a financial hardship as a result of my death? Um, So that could be any loved one, whether it be a partner or children, or even kind of anyone who is dependent on your Uh, finances for some people that could be kind of aging parents even or, or family abroad. So if you think, oh, they would definitely kind of have to uh, undergo a financial hardship if my income weren't there to support them anymore. And I don't want to see that happen. Kind of that's where you may start considering kind of getting a life insurance policy. Uh, if you're really struggling, we have an advice calculator on our website that helps you determine whether or not you need life insurance. Uh, but typically just kind of asking yourself that question uh, susses up the right kind of frame of mind when it comes to life insurance.
0: Okay, awesome. Can you tell us the the site and where we can go to try the calculator out?
1: Yeah, sure. So if you go to www.policyme.com and click get a quote, and then on that quote page, you're able to click get advice. If you're not sure, we have a kind of toggle that lets you pick how much coverage you need. But if you're not sure, we have a calculator that lets you kind of put in a bunch of details about your financial situation, about your um, kind of family, composition, and and we give you advice on what coverage amount and term like makes sense for you.
0: Gotcha. And one thing I was curious about too is I remember when we spoke, I think it was a few years ago now, you guys had sort of a different approach where you were providing insurance from lots of different providers, but now you've actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, you've actually become Uh, An insurance provider yourself. Can you talk about that? Why did you do the switch? And and yeah, just to maybe let us know for anybody hearing uh, about it for the first time.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, Yeah, this is something that we launched in 2021, it was something that was on our mind since we started the company. We had originally launched the company as a brokerage business, meaning to your point, we would sell kind of Manulix products and most products. And although we could offer a fairly slick experience to just apply We, once you got into the underwriting stage of the policy, we lost a lot of control over the customer experience. We found that insurance companies were extremely slow to get our customers' decisions. This could take months to get someone kind of an answer on whether they're eligible for life insurance or not. And we just thought in this day and age, that makes no sense. So we uh, quickly started working with uh, the help of an insurance partner called Canadian premier and a reinsurance partner to develop our own product that's totally customized to kind of the policy me audience. Uh, And the biggest win was kind of developing an automated underwriting um, algorithm. So we are able to, for, I think it now it's up to kind of 65, 70% of people we're able to give them an instant decision on their life insurance. Um, eligibility. So if you come in, you can apply online, answer all your health related and kind of financial related questions. And we will then tell you within kind of a few seconds of finishing those questions, whether or not you're approved for life insurance. So end to end process can take kind of 20 minutes. We also give you the option to have an e-commerce-like experience for checking out for, <laughs> for your policy. So once you get approved, you can sign your policy contract, add your beneficiaries, pay with credit card, uh, and kind of verify your ID all in one shot online. Typically, the 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 policy contract delivery process uh, before COVID was all paper. Now they have some e-delivery options, but paying for it is still... Um, super manual. You have to give an insurance company kind of your bank account details. It takes up to like a, a week to even set up that policy once you're approved. So you can do that all online in a few minutes. Uh, so we've seen some customers kind of go on our website and have their life insurance coverage in place in effect in 20 minutes. Uh, and so that's something we wanted to deliver uh, to the Canadian audience. And that's that's why we kind of developed our own product to do that.
0: That's awesome. I'm glad you guys did that. Yeah, my my memories of insurance years ago was yeah it, that it's like a week long process to get it set up. <laughs> yeah. So you dread it because you're you're busy. It's, you know, we have kids, yeah. and it's like okay, I don't want. To. And so it <laughs> makes it even easier to be number eighty seven on the to do list because yeah. oh, this is a week long thing, and it's not fun, and it's like administrative stuff. So that's really neat. So um, that that's great. Yeah, I was curious because yeah. there's already so many insurance providers out there. I thought okay, clearly you must have seen some sort of gap or some need that wasn't being met in order to want to do this, right? Uh, you don't want to just be like, oh, why we do the same thing that these other 13 providers do or whatever. Yeah. So um, so that, that that's great. Thanks for thanks for sharing that. Um, yeah. And then, the the no, sorry, other thing
1: we have been doing, we've been focusing really on simplifying the product um, and making it less complicated. So we just found, to your point, it's just overwhelming to even start because you're like, this is just too complicated. I need someone to kind of walk me through this. Uh, And every step in the design of this new customer journey has been with this mindset of how do we make it less complicated. So with the policy contract, for example, you know, we've made it we've brought it from like a 90 page contract to a 12 page contract (laughs) all inside 12 font we encourage everyone to read every word it doesn't take too long you know like just so you can feel really confident at the end of the process like oh i understand what i bought um and i i kind of was able to get through the whole policy contract i know what the details are i know if there's any fine print which there isn't um and so that's That's kind of what we strive for and something that we're continuously working on to improve.
0: Awesome. Now, whether we're shopping around for a policy or already have one, what kind of analysis can we do ourselves to evaluate the quality of an insurance policy?
1: Yeah, so what I'd say is if you can, I'd ask for a sample policy contract before you start. This is something we make available to everyone on kind of our quotes page. So within the first few pages of getting on our website, you can pull up that sample policy contract and read it through. Front to back, and and make sure you're confident with what you're buying. Uh, if if that's not accessible to you, I, you know I would just find someone you trust in the industry to help you compare the products. They're largely very similar, but it is still good to double check. Uh, and then when it comes to price, I mean, there's a lot of places on the internet where you can compare product pricing. So like the rate hubs of the world are a good place to then make sure that you're getting like the best price on your life insurance policy.
0: Awesome. Now, personally, I've always felt a bit skeptical when asking somebody that sells insurance, how much insurance coverage do I need? And I kind of think of it like asking a real estate agent how big of a house (sighs) I need when their commission is obviously higher, the bigger the house I purchase. So with insurance, I find it often a similar story where the insurance expert that you are speaking to is maybe compensated more depending on how large the policy is that I buy. So there's an incentive for them to really paint a story of why you need as much insurance as possible. So for people like myself that have this concern, how can we best determine how much insurance we actually need without having to take advice from someone that is potentially financially incentivized to sell us as large of a policy as possible?
1: Yeah, that's a really realistic concern. (laughs) The incentives in the industry are such that the person selling you the policy is 100% incentivized to sell you something bigger or more complicated because that typically leads to a bigger commission for them. Um, There are rules of thumb that exist, like 10 times income, but generally, I don't really like these rules of thumb because they're very conservative. They're going to tell you to buy way more insurance than you need. um, The reason for this is they don't take into account any savings that you have or your partner's income to offset kind of some of the some of the expenses that you may have if you were to pass away. Uh, So we have actually built a a sophisticated calculator, uh, policyme.com that you can go to, to check how much life insurance you need. We're very proud of the fact that we actually tell 26% of people that they don't need life insurance. So either they don't have any financial dependence or their savings and partner's income are enough such that we believe that that their family would be able to maintain their lifestyle if they were to pass away. Uh so definitely would recommend you check that out. Uh alt- as a last alternative, like again, it's just finding someone you trust in the industry. Um, maybe it's a fee-based advisor, I'm not sure, but someone that you uh think that would give you kind of pretty honest advice without being deterred by those incentives.
0: Gotcha. And then with you're the people that work at your company, are they incentivized? Do they get bonuses and things like that for selling policies or no?
1: No. So everyone you call at policy me is a licensed advisor and they're non commissioned So they're salaried employees. They have no incentive to ask you to purchase a policy that's bigger than than something you'd ever need.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I really like, yeah. It kind of removes one potential conflict of interest, right. In terms of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, can you tell us more about you know where we can get more of your educational resources and what is a good next step for someone that thinks life insurance is something that should be on the radar, but either doesn't have any life insurance or maybe is not sure if they have enough through their employer. Like I know a lot of employers offer insurance, but at least from all the research and people I've talked to, it's usually not enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and so people kind of like, you know, check that box. Like, Oh yeah, I've got insurance. I get it through my work. I saw (laughs) it in my offer letter. And then like, when you actually dive in, it's like, Oh, this is nowhere near enough for what you actually need. Um, so yeah. yeah, So can, can you talk about that maybe a little bit more?
1: Yeah, so I guess this is an opportunity to definitely pitch kind of our content that we create. We spend a lot of time building really strong and quality content for Canadians on the topics of life insurance. So if you just go to policyme.com, slash blog or click on our homepage and 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 go to learn and and click blog, that's where you'll be able to find a, a lot of articles uh, about kind of life insurance, life insurance for parents, life insurance through your work. Is it enough? Kind of all those topics that you alluded to uh, and just kind of spend some time reading up. If you still uh, have some questions, you can call in. Our phone number is kind of prominently all over our website. So feel free to call in at, from the hours of kind of nine to five any day, and you'll get a licensed advisor who can walk you through some of your questions that you have as well.
0: Awesome, That's great. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, yeah. It, it's nice to talk to someone. Yeah. With, uh, this space in Canada and not just insurance but like investments, right? There's so much potential conflict of interest and things like that. So so it's really nice to sort of talk about that and, and say, okay, can we actually get to the core instead of someone telling you this really refined sales pitch story because you know they're getting commission from it, so they've obviously been refining it forever and <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it's really refreshing to, to hear from yourself and your company where they, the people working there are not incentivized to sell you as big of a policy as possible. Uh, and the number you gave, the 24%, was it, that you actually say you don't need insurance? I imagine that must be incredibly rare uh, in the insurance yeah. industry when most people are compensated say to to sell you as big of a policy as possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, It's something we're very proud of. That's awesome. Yeah. No, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Um, I'm, I I love coming on this show.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. It's been, yeah, it's been a lot of fun, uh, just like last time. Uh, And (laughs) and yeah, it's great to see that you guys actually have your own product now and, and, and you, kind of can control that and make sure that it's actually fast and efficient and, and you've got total control over the quality of the entire process to make sure everyone's happy with everything. So, um, so no, it's, it's great for, I think he needs to know that. And and to get this under radar, uh, especially, you know, with new year coming and COVID spiking again, it's (laughs) definitely, I think one of those things where, okay, we want to optimize, when optimizing finances, yeah. insurance is definitely, like I said, one of the key pillars uh, of financial planning. Uh, and so, I'm really happy to have an expert like yourself on uh, to sort of show these best practices when it comes to that. So, um, so thanks so much for coming on, Laura. This is fun as always. Yeah, so much fun. Thanks so much. All right, awesome. Thanks, Laura. Bye. All right, a big thanks to Laura from PolicyMe for coming on the show. Definitely check out the free insurance tool that they built to see if you actually need life insurance and how much you should get. The link for that is over at buildwealthcanada.ca slash policyme all one word, and just click anywhere on the Get Started button. That's not an affiliate link or anything like that. Also, don't forget to sign up to this episode's newsletter anywhere over at buildwealthcanada.ca as there are some new investing and tax optimization guides getting released for free this year. And you can get them all as they get released by being a part of the newsletter over at buildwealthcanada.ca. Also, that link again to get your new mortgage and mortgage renewal questions answered for free and get Sean's up-to-date list on the top mortgages in Canada from the 60-plus lenders that he monitors is available for free at buildwealthcanada.ca Sean, S-E-A-N. And if you're looking to get started in investing or are looking to optimize your investments and are tired of paying high fees to your robo-advisor or your mutual fund provider, then definitely check out my step-by-step investing course where I show you everything you need to know to be a do-it-yourself investor so that you can pay the absolute lowest fees on your investments. And this can easily save you tens of thousands of dollars in unnecessary fees over your investment lifetime. So to learn more and try the course risk-free, you can go to Build Wealth Canada. CA slash invest. That's buildwealthcanada.ca slash invest. And then in there, I also answer questions one-on-one if you have any questions while going through the course or about investments in general. All right. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a wonderful week. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. And I hope to see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Build Wealth Canada podcast at www.buildwealthcanada.ca.